0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe. He just a on fucking wall. O'Neal deep in the post, lots of contact there. Oh, what a block by Wallace. What a jump ball. He's down four, 12-8, 7-38. the first. Oh, yeah. First from Rodney, stuck into the rim. Countdown, baby, and a foul. Reggie inside for Andre in and a dynamite dunk. Pistons fans, welcome to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast. Brendan Johnson and Aaron Johnson here with you this week. Ryan Pay out for a work event, unable to be here this week. And you know what I'm going to do? I am going to take the professional road and not throw any shade at somebody who has to, you know, miss the pod for a work commitment. Because I totally understand, and that's the right and professional thing to do. Because, you know, we are all professional here on this podcast, Aaron.
0: Yeah, we are, Brendan. That's why I show up every week and fulfill my commitment and do this podcast.
1: Well, you know, last week, I just want to clarify, Aaron and Ryan threw me under the bus. I mean, seriously, it, it was it was dark, it was cold, Girl, and up. it was painful. Um, and it was a work commitment last week. You could check my work schedule. So... I uh, just wanted to put that out there for all the people, but you know, I think it's pl- it, it's it's really it's really just a testament, I think, to the my importance level on this podcast that they made such a big deal about my absence last week, and, and it's just honestly, I really thought long and hard about it, and I was refreshed, I was rejoiced, I was rejuvenated to know, you know, that my worth and my importance on this podcast was so high. That they would make such a big deal about my absence, so I just want to say thank you, and I'm really excited to get into this week's edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast. Look, I take the time to burst your bubble now, but we got some pretty big piston stuff to talk about this
0: week, so I'm more
1: excited. Well, you know what? And, and Guess what? Here's ready the deal: to get into that, I'm going to be a free agent next summer, anyways. So we'll see what happens. You, you didn't. We didn't give you a, 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 a an option. Oh, that's false. You're going to be an unrestricted player option.
0: No team option. No podcast option. You're going to be unrestricted. And if you end up back here for the vet men,
1: then you end up back here for the vet men. Well, you'll be lucky to get a 10-day when uh, when your contract expires. You're still a young buck. You're like in baseball, like arbitration, you know, whatever. Anyways, if you didn't catch my reference, Andre Drummond in um, a recent interview goes out and makes the exact statement, well, I'm going to be a free agent next summer. And everybody starts reacting. Oh, my goodness. Andre Drummond says he's going to be a free agent. He's not coming back. He's leaving Detroit. Will he come back? Where will he sign, Etc. And he also references that it's going to be a big contract year for him because, well, quite frankly, Next year's free agent class is not a marquee class. He is one of the big names in free agency, which means that teams with some money to spend are going to throw some money his way if he were to opt out of his player option. Now, Andre, after all of this, Follows this up with saying that, you know, next year he's going to have the option. It's just the process he was alluding to that in no way is a statement saying he wants to leave Detroit. He loves being in Detroit. So, you know, Andre making a comment and knowingly making that comment that it's going to generate some buzz. And and you have to wonder, was that a play out of a Blake Griffin playbook? Just say something to get the people going. Or do you think Andre really meant it when he's like, I will be a free agent? next summer. Yeah, I mean, first off, the the decision to, to say those
0: words is very, very intentional. I think athletes very much so understand that what they say will get talked about in the media, on social media, on all these different platforms. So, I think Drummond doing that and saying that he knew very much well what he was stirring up. And, to be honest, not You don't see a player come out and say when they have an option at the end of the next season, you usually don't see a year in advance saying, I'm going to be a free agent. I'm going to have that process of having other teams trying to sign me other than the Pistons. You just don't see that. Uh, so Drummond came out and practically just said it. And to be honest, he was kind of alluding to that Back in July at Summer League when he was being interviewed at all the Pistons Summer League games, he kept talking about free agency and how it's going to be a big year for him and it's a big opportunity, but he never really said, I'm going to be a free agent. When he says that, he's very much so saying that he's going to decline that player option and he's going to enter free agency as an unrestricted free agent. Now, this will be the first time in his career that he's ever had that opportunity. He's been in free agency once, and it was as a restricted free agent when he quickly re-signed with Detroit. Now there's no restrictions. The Pistons cannot match any offer that a team throws at him, and he accepts it. If Atlanta throws a max contract at Andre Drummond, and Drummond accepts it, there's the Pistons can't say, well, we're going to match that offer, and you're going to continue to be a Piston. If he accepts an offer somewhere else, he's gone. He's gone. gone. Yep. He's gone. So, this is him saying, I'm taking this opportunity, I'm going to talk to other teams next year. And, you know, he also said, I love it in Detroit, this is not me saying I'm leaving Detroit, but he's going in very open-minded, and I was more so shocked with him saying this in a year in advance, than the decision to decline the player
1: option. I think, you know, we've talked about it on the podcast before, and I think there might even be an expectation on our end that he will decline the player option. But um, you look at Dre, and I I think one of the reasons he's saying this is partially because he might love Detroit, but he also knows that he is criticized heavily in Detroit. And if this season is just an average season for him, Right, And I'm not saying bad, I'm not saying great, just an average season for him. Could that be enough reason alone with the criticism he receives from the fans here in Detroit to just say, you know what, I need a fresh start? I need a new fan base. I need a different crowd of people that will appreciate what I bring to the table, because I really think there's a balance in Detroit amongst Pistons fans. There is the segment of people who completely underappreciate what Andre Drummond brings to the floor every night. The fact that he will bring you 15 rebounds a night, and even once he doesn't grab, he brings a presence that other guys get. So I mean, he, the impact he has on the glass, even if it's not all on his stat sheet, is there. You can't deny it. And, you know, over the course of the second half of last season, Dre was a much better just overall player for the Pistons on both ends of the floor. But you also can't deny that Dre at times, you know, has mentally checked out, that Dre at times will miss, you know, some puppies, that Dre at times will, you know, maybe not make the full effort he needed to make to go for a couple boards, a big play here and there. Um, and he's also a defensive liability on the perimeter, so there are downsides to him as well. Um, and he's wor- he's getting paid a lot of money, and you have to, I guess, evaluate the value he brings to the floor at you know at his time during games. Point being, there might be another crowd that appreciates Dre and what he can do more because they've been lacking it. Because they get out-rebounded night in, night out. They don't have a rim protector in the slightest. They are looking for a center. And somebody's going to offer him some money. Dre is going to have opportunities to leave Detroit. And I don't blame him one bit for exploring those options. Not one. No, and, and and the thing
0: is, Drummond is asked to do a lot for Detroit. There's Blake Griffin, and then there's Andre Drummond. There are going to be other teams where he will be given the opportunity to not have as large of a role and as large of a burden so that in a not much of a smaller role but a a less of a burden role, he will shine and he will really dominate. So unless the Pistons get another big name, if they get another near all-star level player or if Luke Kennard becomes a top-level scorer or someone else emerges – you know, Drummond is asked to do so much on both ends of the court. He's got to be their leading rebounder. He's got to be, their, at, at, at times, their entire defense with his presence as you know, he plays that drop-back defense and has to cover up all the other mistakes the perimeter defense makes. Um, but on in our offense, you know, they run their offense through him at times, whether it be the pick and roll between him and Reggie or between him and Blake, whether he's working with the dribble handoffs. Drummond is asked to do a lot, and the Pistons don't have, or at least didn't have last year, a ton of scorers around him to help alleviate some of that pressure. Yes, Blake Griffin was great. Yes, Reggie Jackson had a very good second half of the season. Yes, Luke Kennard had a nice hot month or two streak. But consistently, the Pistons did not have enough scoring around him. And when you're asking Drummond to score 16 points a game, on top of getting you 16, 17 rebounds, on top of getting you two steals and two blocks and two assists per game. When you're asking him to do all of that, you're putting him in a bad situation. You're putting him in a situation where he's going to tire himself
1: out. Right. Well, it's also one of those things that Dre's not a superstar. He's not. He might be a max player in the league. Doesn't mean he's a superstar. And... He has to play that role here. He has to play the role as one of the top guys. That's why he's gotten so much criticism, though. Because Detroit has looked at his as, hey, we've given a max contract to him. We've invested in him as one of our top guys. And, you know, he, he has a ceiling. He's at his ceiling. And we expect more because of him being labeled one of our quote-unquote superstars. And I think that if he doesn't have that tag elsewhere and he goes and he is a third piece as a complimentary, like, high-level guy with two other All-Stars, then sure, Dre can flourish. Absolutely flourish because the pressure's off. But here the pressure's on. Here the pressure is on Andre Drummond to make a significant impact every night. And I got to tell you, just because you were flirting with it earlier – Trey in Atlanta would actually be a pretty interesting fit with Trey Young and the core they have going there. Man, that could be an intriguing offer. I'm not even going to lie to well, you. Well, the, they'll be one of those teams that
0: has some money, and that's a position there they could look to upgrade at over Dwayne Dedman. But well, I think the thing with Drummond is he's been great in Detroit. You know, he's
1: been a very good player, but the Pistons have also seen has he Has he been great in Detroit? Do you do you? I mean, I, I think that's a strong statement. I'm not saying he's been bad. Don't get me wrong. Has he been great? Okay, maybe he hasn't been great. Okay. He was great the second half of the season Yeah, I will year. give you that. But that, been, I look at his He has tenure. been good. He's been
0: successful
1: in Detroit. And at times he's been great. Well, I'm, And I'm just asking to play devil's advocate. What's your definition of successful? Uh, league-leading rebounder.
0: He's improved every season on both ends of the court. Has been the only player in the league to average over a block and over a steal per game. Uh, in the front court just he's, he's done a lot He's improved his free throws He's gone away from being just a Post up kind of center where he wasn't great To being able to help initiate an offense I, uh, And in being part of One of the more successful pick and roll duos In the league He is a two time all star The best rebounder in the game
1: And has grown a lot on the defensive end of the and floor And I'm just going to ask He's been what, 8 years now in the league? Seven, 7 years in the league, going into 8 how many playoff wins? I just you can't put that all I, on him. to me. To me, it's like I think Andre has been good in Detroit, but I don't know if I would say Andre's been successful in Detroit because I look at those as different things. I think what you just described is he was good. He's been success. He has been successful. He has been good. The, I don't maybe know if the he's team been hasn't been
0: successful.
1: That's not on Drummond. It's, it's, it's not, not on Drummond. I'm not Reggie blaming it entirely gone down on Drum-
0: two seasons. Brandon Jennings has gone down. Josh Smith was a bust. It, that's not on Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond has been consistently good. He's made it to the All-Star game twice. He's improved
1: I, every single year he's been in the league. I don't agree with everything you just said. I think, yeah, you're right. Just, A, it's not entirely on an Andre. I'm not saying it's pinpointed an Andre. But what level do we see Andre Drummond at? And depending how high Andre is viewed and rated in this league, then... You know, you have to you have to look at that as at least partially an aspect. I didn't ask you series wins. I didn't ask you Eastern Conference finals. All I asked was playoff wins. And to be honest, you know, Detroit's made the playoffs twice in his 7 years. And were those both of his All-Star years by the way? No. That they made it. The one wasn't it was not an All-Star. I don't this year so. obviously, right? No. he, or he, he wasn't was an, all-star, an all-star, All-Star this year. That's right. Anyways, if he would have if he would have had his second half of the season in the first half, he would have been. To me, I think Andre's been good. I don't know if he's been successful because to me, if you ever want to put out there successful, you have to attribute that to some sort of success in the win column. That's just a fundamental difference
0: in how we view success. Then, because I would never put the I would never put it all on one player when the Pistons have not put out a successful product around him. That's not Andre Drummond's But there have been fault.
1: times that the Pistons could have been better if he had been better, which would have made them more successful. Okay, and uh, He's not a superstar. You
0: said that and I agree with that. He's not able to do everything. That doesn't mean he's not successful. So then at what level there, is he at? He's not. He's just not a superstar. He's a good player. He's an all-star level player. He's made an all-star team twice. It's not his fault that, 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 that the Pistons have not put together a Capable roster around him,
1: right? But I'm just saying, I, I don't think Andre has. The so was, have so not. Hey,
0: hey, let's put it this way: LeBron James was he is he not a successful player because the Lakers didn't make
1: the playoffs last well, year? I would say so far as a Laker, LeBron James has not been successful. But in fairness, LeBron James did not even play in half of the season last year due to injury. So. That's that's not a that's not an entirely fair question. If LeBron had played all last year and they did not win a playoff game, no. If they actually, if they didn't, if they only, if they didn't make it to the conference finals, I would have said it wasn't a successful so, season. So Bradley Beal wasn't successful last year, even though he had a career year for himself. He had a good year. He had a great year, but he was not successful. He didn't win. Okay, any. then that's just a funnal, fundamental disagreement on how we view success. I uh, yeah, we just have a different. Definition of success. Yeah. I mean, think th- Bradley Beal has been good. Your view is wrong and my view is right. That is that is totally ridiculous and uh, preposterous, but we'll move on from that. Um, bottom line,
0: bottom line, Drummond's going to have suitors in the offseason. That is true. And, and how he plays this upcoming year will very much dictate his value because I'm not sure if there's a team that's going to throw max money at Andre Drummond. I, I just, wouldn't. I'm not sure there's but going to be. I understand teams will have money, but I think teams are getting smarter with how they spend money, and I don't think unless Drummond really takes another step, which he's capable of, mm-hmm. but it would have to be a rather big step for me to be comfortable giving him max money. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think there will be teams that give him a lot of money. I think the the number being talked about right now on Pistons Twitter is like 28, 29 million. I can see
1: teams getting close to that. Well, here's the thing. You have to have one of two things in this league to be, you know, an elite team. You are a very competitive team. You have to have an elite wing, an elite wing, whether it's a two or three, and you have to have one elite person with them, right? So if you have an elite wing, maybe you have an elite point guard. Maybe you have an elite point guard and shooting guard like like Steph and Clay in Golden State, pre-Kevin Durant, or... You look at Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum. Why has Portland been so good? They have two elite guards. The problem is, you look at teams across the league, very few have an elite piece as a center. You know, sometimes you get a stretch four that's elite, you get a point guard that's elite, you have a wing that's elite. Centers are not the cream of the crop in the NBA anymore, as I think most NBA followers know. You can get away with an athletic. Center that just that doesn't do a whole ton for you on the offensive end, can protect the rim, grab some rebounds. You can get away with that if you can build up your perimeter in this league. So if I'm a team investing in a center, it's really tough for me to throw max money unless if the timing would work out with young guards on contract. That you could run it for three years before Going into the luxury tax or things of that nature. That's why Atlanta might be a good fit. You know, they could afford to bring Andre on a three or four year deal and see what happens before they have to, you know, give Trey Young his payday and start building that roster a little bit. Um, You know, and we'll obviously have a lot of discussions going forward about Andre and him coming back to Detroit and what Detroit should offer him. And is he a max player? You know, that's going to be a conversation all year long. But let's just turn back to the original point. Andre Drummond states that he's going to be a free agent next year. Then kind of recanters and goes, "Well, I'm going to enjoy the process and I'm going to explore it. And I love Detroit. And I'm not saying I'm leaving. I see that as a safe." I see that as a rebound, and I really do think Andre is going to be smart because here's the other thing. If he accepts the player option, that's fine, but he takes a big risk on, on on himself that, hey, if he has a bad year in that final season or he gets hurt, that could severely hurt him financially. And, yes, he would get a nice pay for that last year, but he could financially secure himself for three or four more years by opting out and taking a new contract before you know, you run that risk of any potential injury setbacks. You know, just decrease in play, whatever the case may be. Um, so I fully expect him to opt out, and and I think Dre is going to be smart here, and he's going to have the right people telling him that. Don't be silly about this. Opt out financially secure yourself. Hopefully you can keep going, but if something changes, if you do have any health issues, things of that nature. You've got the opportunity to keep playing or, excuse me, to financially secure yourself for life after basketball.
0: Do you think he ex- signs an
1: extension with the Pistons next summer? I mean, right now, today, that's a tough question because I think it depends on the status of the team going forward. If Detroit trades Reggie Jackson, moves a few pieces, gets younger, looks like they are going to you know, accept being a middle-of-the-road-to-end-of-the-road team for another two years to let some younger pieces develop, accumulate another draft pick or two, and then go for it, I could see Dre looking elsewhere. But I think the bigger question, honestly, is does Dre even get to that point where he has a chance to sign with Detroit? Or do they shop Dre at the deadline? Because with an understanding now that Dre will likely opt out, I think that's even – I don't care what he said – I if I am the Pistons front office and looking at this is Dre is going to likely opt out. We do not want to get nothing for him. They're going to shop him. Maybe not trade him, but they're going to shop him. So based on what you think will happen, will
0: the Pistons, will will Andre Drummond be a piston next year? I need an answer. If they make roster moves, no. Just no, what you what 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 do you think will happen? Just give me is Drummond going to be a piston next year, based on what you think? And that this
1: is what I'm telling you. I, I don't
0: want I don't want your your caveat no, no, of if no, they no, make no. Roger. I think
1: moves. if Okay, here's put it this way Reggie Jackson's on the roster, Andre comes back. Reggie Jackson's not on the roster, Andre leaves. That's my prediction. Okay. I think Drummond will remain a piston.
0: I think they're gonna end up signing an extension. Uh, that's just how I feel about it right now. Drummond likes Detroit. Uh, he 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 really in, has embraced the city. I think that For as many people that spew their nonsense about Drummond, there's a lot of people that let it be known how they feel that Drummond's a very good player. And I think you're going to get that really in any city. Uh, You're going to get that, this guy's good, this guy's bad, back and forth. So I I don't know how much impact that really has on a decision. Um, but, But the Pistons and Drummond have had a very good relationship. Drummond has had his whole career here.
1: I think the Drummond will be a Piston come next year. Fair enough. Well, we know who's not going to be a Piston next year, and that is Karis LeVert signing an extension with the Brooklyn Nets. You know, for Karis, chooses winning over maybe a more lucrative deal in free agency. You can't blame him at all, though. He's a guy that uh, he's really been an up-and-comer over the past, you know, really season, two seasons. He's really developed um, – and a lot expected a big payday for him in free agency next summer. But guess what? He he decides that he wants to win. He wants to play with Durant. He wants to play with Irving. And now Irving, Durant, and Kyrie or Kyrie, Durant, and Karras. I mean, uh, as your your three your first three in the lineup. Like that's that's pretty big for Brooklyn. Obviously KD out with the injuries now, but you have to look towards the future. Um, and of course. This was a guy that Detroit, you know, was at least in conversations about, hey, maybe Detroit makes a play on Karis LeVert. That's the wing they add to the roster. That's the guy that you take the next step with. Yeah, we talked about that as being a possibility
0: before on the podcast, and I actually wrote about it this week on PalaceOfPistons.com after the news broke that LeVert re-signed with Brooklyn. But uh, that's a very tough move for Detroit, who... I think a a lot of people, myself included, were anticipating targeting Levert because when you looked at the restricted free agent market, he seemed like that, that guy that could be pried away from a team where a team wouldn't match that contract. I mean, when you look at Brooklyn's pay scale, they have Irving and Durant, on max deals. I think Durant's a little bit off on a max deal, but he's right up there. And then they're paying DeAndre Jordan ten million a year. They have that Spencer Dinwiddie extension kicking in. They're gonna have Jared Allen coming off the you know, they're who they're gonna have to re-sign soon. So they're going they have and are going to continue to have a lot of money committed to different guys. Joe Harris is making seven million dollars a year, so they have money tied up elsewhere. And Levert being a three he can play the two, yes, and you know he handles the ball a lot for a wing. But already having your three in Kevin Durant, it just kind of seemed like if Brooklyn was going to try to cut costs somewhere, maybe try to bring in another all-star or proven veteran uh, alongside Irving and Durant, that they would let Lavert walk if his price got too high. And I thought the Pistons would have been an excellent match with uh, the potential for Drummond to opt out. They're gonna have money with Drummond opting out. Reggie Jackson coming off the books. Langston Galloway coming off the books. Thon Maker will be a restricted free agent, so they don't have they could potentially have no money tied up in him. Josh Smith's over five million of dead salary cap space that they're still paying him that comes off the books. So the Pistons will have some money to spend. And Levert was one of those guys that was at the top of the list in targets. Karis Levert, Joe Harris, for Andre Drummond. Ooh. they Well, Brooklyn has no need for
1: that. Yeah, you have Jared Allen. You have Jared Allen and DeAndre Jordan. They just don't really have a need for it. Karis Levert, Jared Allen, for Andre Drummond. I don't know. I mean... Now you don't have to commit money to Allen and you move Karis LeVert off the books. I doubt Brooklyn does that. I think they view,
0: even though the way that they've handled Jared Allen this summer. and and The fact they played in Summer League
1: still pisses me off.
0: Oh, yeah. That and and signing DeAndre Jordan to all that money. And and Jordan's a guy that thinks he's a starter in the league, and people around the league very much so respect him, even though his game has dropped off. Allen is going to have to compete for that starting spot. So I don't think Brooklyn would, would make that trade. Just because I still believe that they view Allen very highly. And obviously, they very much so like Levert. Um, But, oh man, I just think Levert would have been a great piece in Detroit. Would have fit very well next to Blake with Levert's ability to handle the ball. uh, Pass the basketball. Obviously, he can score from inside out. Even though his shooting percentages are not the greatest. I really think those don't do him justice as a shooter. I think that quite frankly he's just a better shooter than that um, and, and whether it's because of the injuries or you know the role he's been in. he didn't play with uh, a very efficient offense in Brooklyn you know there's a, a pretty big burden on him and there were times when D'Angelo Russell was on and there were also times when D'Angelo Russell was very off and, and then it was up to Karis Levert to be the guy and uh, you know, I just—I I don't think the shooting numbers do him justice. He's always had a good shooting stroke, a shooting form. He shot the ball well at Michigan, um, so he's a better three-point shooter than the percentages he's shot in the NBA really tell. And then defensively, he is a very, very good uh, prospect on that side of the court, just with his size and his IQ. Um, knows how to use his body, can defend multiple posi- multiple positions, just would have fit very well on the wing, and, and the kind of guy you would have liked to plug alongside Blake Griffin had the opportunity, been there to do so. So uh, it, it's very unfortunate for Detroit, and, and if you want my full thoughts on it, I wrote about it on palaceofpistons.com. You can find it on there. Just look that up. Um, and, and Levert's, you know, Re-signing with with Brooklyn kind of just shows the the wary path Detroit has in next summer in free agency because we don't know what's going to happen with Drummond and, and a lot of people had LaVert at the top of the Pistons wish list You know, do they continue to look at the restricted free agent market now with, with guys like uh, Jalen Brown, DeJounte Murray Buddy Heald, all those guys going to be restricted free agents, do they look to try to pry one of those guys away from their respective teams or do they look at the unrestricted free agent market Uh, Do they look at a DeMar DeRozan or a Kyle Lowry? I mean, outside of those two guys and maybe a few others here and there, there's just not a lot of move-the-needle talent, all-star-level talent out there. So uh, it's going to be tricky for Detroit in their first season where it sounds like they're going to have some money to really make a a move that's going to help this team compete. So unfortunate with Levert, and it just kind of helps enlighten us as to why it's going to be tough for the Pistons to make any big-time plays next off season.
1: Well, and you have to wonder, too, does this have any effect on Andre coming back? I know they're not the same position, but if you think through it next year, if you would have had to offer know, Karis LeVert a lucrative deal. You have to offer Andre a lucrative deal. Yes, you have money, but if you're Detroit, do you invest that money in both guys? Do so you go with Karis Lavert and maybe try to invest in other areas, upgrading a point guard, whatever the case may be? Um, so with him not being available and maybe less options on the market next year, that is something that maybe could create it being a more likely scenario that Detroit pushes harder to bring back Andre Drummond.
0: Yeah, it's... It's just one of those things where I think the Pistons are going to try to remain contenders. I don't really think they're all too interested in blowing it up. They want to improve the roster any way they can and get closer and closer to competing as far as they can. So, you know, that's one of those scenarios where if Detroit doesn't get the, the person they really want and, and they have the opportunity to bring back Drummond, and maybe Drummond is the person that they really want to bring back, but if there's someone else that they do want and aren't able to get, I... I I, that's why I predicted Drummond's going to be a Piston uh, going in to the 2020-2021 season. I, I just think that the Pistons want to compete. Tom Gores has not strayed away from that vision. Every time he talks, he talks about believing and empowering the front office into making this team a competitor and a winner. So I think they're going to, unless something changes this season and the Pistons are just awful, and for some reason they cannot put together wins and and be a playoff team, then maybe they will blow it up. But all signs point to this team really working to compete and compete and try to win as many games as they can. And if they have to change the roster to do so, then they'll change the roster to do so. Well, you know,
1: throughout his career, some people, some critics have said, well, hopefully Andre Drummond can get to... uh, Dwight Howard level. And, well, Dwight Howard has signed a non-guaranteed deal with the Los Angeles Lakers. So I guess the question's out there now. One, is uh, is Dwight now trying to get back to Andre Drummond level? <laughs> One. And two, I mean, let's be honest, how about just I mean, and this has been going on for years, but just the fall of Dwight Howard. And I think something for Fans of the NBA through the early and mid two thousands, Aaron, you and I grew up with Dwight Howard as Superman, with Carmelo Anthony as you know that that All Star that was like, when's he gonna catch his break? When's he gonna win? When's he gonna take that next step in that department? You know, but you watch two guys that were All Stars that were top level NBA guys that have been severely humbled uh, by the NBA here in the last, you know, few years, and it's just kind of crazy to see guys that, I mean, we grew up watching and following close, and I, again, I I remember Dwight Howard in the Superman cape, I remember Melo back on the Nuggets, like, it's, it's kind of crazy to see the, I guess the progression and degression. Uh, of both of these guys.
0: Yeah, and, and it's unfortunate because both of those guys were very good players in their prime. I mean, Carmelo, arguably one of the best scorers ever in his prime. Just the way he was able to put the ball in the basket unparalleled uh, to most players in the league's history. And then Dwight, arguably one of the more dominant centers of all time. Probably the best center of the the twenty 2000-2010 to 2000 decade. Just an absolute monster inside, both scoring and rebounding, an elite defensive player in his prime in Orlando. That's a guy that almost won a championship over, you know, you know beating LeBron James with, with Cleveland and with an Orlando team that quite frankly not wasn't as good as some of the other teams in the league, but the way Howard was that good, that the surrounding amount of talent, even though it was still good, but Again, not as bro, good as on. other teams.
1: Jameer Nelson, yeah, Jameer Nelson, Hedo
0: Turklu, Rashard Lewis. Uh, that was it. That was a squad. Michael It was a
1: squad, bro.
0: But you know, those are two guys that really were amazing players in, in their prime, and I think uh, Howard is going to be an interesting, interesting player for the Lakers because I still think he can be productive, but it's especially in the last few years, it's about been about. Mm-hmm. about What's his mentality? By the way,
1: how did we not say Vince Carter in that conversation? Short-term stint on the Orlando Magic. That included the 2009 season, though, when they made the NBA Finals. Another very important piece
0: on that team. Yeah, I mean, they they always had an interesting group of talent. But, I mean, both of those guys, Carmelo and, and Dwight, never winning a ring. Um and, and they're falling off has both, it's really both been about mentality and maturity, Carmelo's unwillingness to take a step back in terms of what his role is and not being a guy that's going to get 15 to 20 shots per game, and Howard, just his off-the-court issues, his meshing in the locker room, he's had his issues with Kobe and James Harden, and hasn't ever been, at least recently, been a guy that... And Stan Van Gundy. Yeah, I mean, he's he's just never really been a guy that's not going to cause an issue. And he says he says this fresh start is a change to that, but I think he said that before. And, and what do you we'll say when to he see... went to like Washington, right? You know, and, and Atlanta. I mean, in Charlotte, you know, every every year it's it's a great you know new start for me. It's a new chapter. I've matured. It's going to be different. Is it really going to be different? Because for the Lakers they got to be hoping and praying that it is. Especially with Boogie Cousins now looking like he's not going to be around very much. No, not because of his injury and because of some very severe, severe comments that uh, will probably bar him from the NBA for the rest of his life. But Howard's a guy that the Lakers really need, and that's kind of scary to say that in 2019, because last season he played in just nine games, and he was fine, but... He only was able to stay healthy for nine games. Uh, This is a guy that's getting up there in age, has had his issues in the locker room, and just quite frankly isn't the player, the caliber player that he once was. You know he's going to miss games because of injuries, and you're worried about what he's going to do in the locker room, and you're worried about what kind of issues he's going to have on the court. Can he defend at a successful enough level? He's not going to be able to stop guys when he's dragged out onto the perimeter, but can he alter shots at the rim? Is he going to rebound? Can he just finish the easy stuff inside? If he can do those things, he'll be a valuable piece. He'll be a valuable player for them. Maybe even good enough to start over JaVale McGee. But those are all big ifs at what at this point in Dwight Howard's career, and I'm sincerely worried about that for the Lakers because they really need him if this team is going to win, and they have every expectation to that that they're going to win with two of the what the top five, top six players in the league, and LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I mean. You, you can't have anything lower than championship expectations and aspirations with a team that good. Yeah, even though they don't have the depth. They don't have the depth, which is why a guy like Dwight Howard stepping up and being uh, somewhat revitalized, having a revitalized season would be huge for them. I mean, you look at the rest of that roster and you know Danny Green's a good player. Uh, he'll help out. Kyle Kuzma's all right. I, I, I think he's a nice guy to have off the bench as a scorer. Uh, but he still has a long way to go. There's a lot of people that really overrate the the level of player Kyle, Kyle Kuzma is right now. He's still young, and, and he's not developed enough. And then there are the people that say, oh, Kyle Kuzma's terrible. And it's like, there's that happy medium. It's kind of the same thing with Andre Drummond. Some say he's great. Some say he's bad. There's a happy medium there. And, and, and then you look at the rest of their team. Uh, Rajon Rondo, Alex Caruso, Quinn Cook as the point guards. I don't like Rajon Rondo very much at this point in his career. I think Caruso's solid. Quinn Cook's okay. Um, LeBron playing point guard? Yeah, LeBron will play some point guard. They'll be okay. I mean, they'll be okay with their depth. But it's it, it, at the end at the end of the day, and we see it in the playoffs. It's the stars that matter, and the Lakers have two of the top six players in the league, and that's going to bode very well for them. You know, as long as they're getting a little bit of production. From from guys like Danny Green, who I think are locks to to help out, Kuzma can help out. One of Javale or Dwight will work. I think Javale has honestly become a very useful player just for what he can do. Um, so they have some other contributors. It's, it, it, and I, I I think having arguably the best player in the world still in LeBron, and then Anthony Davis, another elite player. They'll be they'll be fine. But the, the not having the depth is going to hurt them in the regular season. If LeBron or AD, both guys that we know can miss time. You know, if they miss time, that's going to have a factor. Do they have enough depth to still be competitive and win games in a Western Conference where there's no nights off? You have to win to stay in the playoffs. And does Kyle Kuzma and Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee and John Rondo and Danny Green, is that enough? I don't really think so. So there's a lot of pressure on LeBron and AD to stay as healthy as possible, and you can't really put that pressure on them because injuries are just something that happens. It's not something you can really say we need you to stay healthy this year of course of course you need to stay healthy so it'll be interesting but Howard being a contributor for them is going to be really interesting because it's kind of now or never for him this is probably going to be his last ride uh in terms of being a a useful player and and in terms of saving his career he needs to have a good season and in terms of the Lakers success he needs to have a good season
1: yeah no doubt so we'll see if uh you know, D12 can get himself to Andre Drummond level this year and I guess that would start with even just making the NBA roster and getting himself a guaranteed deal um, but I mean hey Andre he's going to be a free agent next summer per his direct quote Karis Lavert not going to be a free agent next summer he is staying put in Brooklyn and while well, Dwight Howard he may be a free agent and you know 30 days, So <laughs> I guess we will just have to wait and see what happens for each one of those guys. But that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Palace of Pistons podcast. Before you go, make sure you like, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you check out our YouTube channel. A lot of great video content going up there. The website, of course, palaceofpistons.com. On Twitter, you can follow Aaron at A. Johnson NBA, myself at Media Brendan, And hey, why not? Ryan had a work commitment, wasn't able to be with us this week, but throw him a follow at Ryan Pay. We look forward to having him back on the air with us next week. Uh, Of course, on Twitter, at Palace of Pistons, where we got the Facebook page going, so find the Palace of Pistons on Facebook as well. Instagram, it's at Palace Pistons. So you can connect with us on a variety of platforms. Check out that website, check out that YouTube channel. I hope you enjoy the pod, and we look forward to being with you again next week on another edition of the Palace Pistons Podcast.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe.